and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read Parasha Shelach and it, become, it begins saying Shelach Lecha. It, it means what, that send for yourself men and they shall spy out the land of Canaan. So this week it's a um, very disturbing Parasha. It's the one that sets the course for us for 40 more years and till today we're still paying for this. And, um, and we see that Hashem, He didn't want the Jews to go into the land of Israel and scout the land of Israel before they were entering. He didn't see a need for that because He promised the Jewish people He was going to deliver them to the Eretz Israel and it was going to be a land flowing with milk and honey. It had all the blessings of the world. And so He didn't need, have, have a need for the Jewish people to go in and make sure with their own eyes that what Hashem was giving them was good. He knew it was good, but actually the, the 10, the 12 uh, leaders of the generation, which were the, the princes, the leaders of each tribe, they wanted to go into the land of Israel and they wanted to take a look and, and see what they were going to encounter once all the Jewish people were going to go in. So we see here from a beautiful, um, a beautiful Devar Torah given by Rabbi Itzhak Ginsberg in his book, The Inner Dimension. He explains that the final objective of the Jewish people was to enter the land of Israel. Hashem took them out of Egypt. They were slaves for 210 years to begin with. Hashem took them out of the land of Egypt. He gave them the Torah at Mount Sinai. They ate from the manna, they, they lived from miracle to miracle, they had the clouds of glory that accompanied them throughout their, their sojourn, which protected them, and they have Miriam's well, which gave them water, they lacked nothing, and this was to build in them this trust, this bitahon uh, in Hashem. And so this whole thing was already, Hashem already proved to them that they had nothing to worry about and that the ultimate destination was Eretz Israel. This was the whole purpose of their, of their going out of Egypt. So we see here that um, Hashem promised Abraham many years before, he promised him that he was going to give them this land, and he promised Moses when he encountered the burning bush, he also promised him that he would deliver and redeem, the, redeem and deliver the Jewish people to the promised land. So there was no doubt that this land was our, uh, our purpose, our, our mission, our destination and that it was a blessed land full of milk and honey and the land of Israel is the most fitting place for a Jew to live because the Jew and the Israel is, is interconnected. The one without the other cannot really uh, fulfill his purpose in this world as it should be fulfilled. So some commentaries explain that the purpose of the assignment was to see that the land was good. This is the purpose of the assignment. And the problem was that these um, this, uh, uh, scouts, these leaders of the generation, they came into the land and they didn't have a good eye. They didn't come to see the good of the land. They came to see what was wrong with it. That was the, per the, the reason why they, they wanted to go 
in. Hashem wanted them to see the good of the land. So we see here from Nachmanides, he says, brace yourselves and take of the land's fruit so that they would see the value of the land with their own eyes. Hashem said to Moshe, tell them to go and take from the fruit of the land so they can see the goodness of this land. And so Moses had no need for this. He believed a hundred percent, a thousand percent in Hashem in his promise, and he could envision the beauty of the land. It's more, before he dies, he's, he's crying to Hashem 515 times that he should allow him to come into the land, which is something that he never was able to accomplish. So we see here from Rabbi Itzhak Ginsberg that he teaches us here something very important, is that to be able to acquire the land of Israel, one must have joy and pleasure from it. Uh, this is one of the most important ingredients in being able to merit, because it's a merit, it's a sehut, to, to live in the land of Israel. Anybody that lives there has a merit. And people who are from, like us, that are in the diaspora, that we live out of the land of Israel, every time you go there, every time you have the opportunity to visit and have a vacation in this very holy land, it's because you earned a merit to go there. You don't come there for free. You have to earn entering the land of Israel. So he says that this answers our question concerning Moses' objective in sending the spies, but it leaves us with another question. Why was it so important to enter the land of Israel in high spirits? So uh, God commanded us to serve him with joy. This is the biggest mitzvah of all the 613 mitzvot, is that we have to serve him with joy. What does it mean? That when you do a mitzvah, you should feel that you also have a merit to fulfill this mitzvah. Like, you have to be meritorious to be able to give tzedakah, for example. Hashem tells you you have to give 10% of your earnings, at least, of what you make, and you have to give for tzedakah. To be able to give tzedakah, Hashem gives you the bracha of parnasa. If you don't have a bracha for parnasa, you cannot give tzedakah. So, whenever you're able to give Tzedakah, light your Shabbat candles, bake challah, put on tefillin, do any mitzvah, you should be in, with immense joy within yourself that you have merited to be able to do this mitzvah. It's not that you're doing a favor to God. This is the wrong approach. When you're doing a, a mitzvah, Hashem has given you the, 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 the sehut, the merit to be able to fulfill his will. And this is a huge, huge merit. And for this, we should be very joyful. So he, God commanded us to serve him with joy. And the joy and pleasure of entering the promised land stems from the land's superior material qualities. So we know that Israel is not like any other country. Even the non-Jew knows this. That's why everybody's killing themselves for this little sliver of land. If you look at it in a map, it really doesn't make any sense. Like the Arab countries are surrounding the land of Israel. They have so much real estate, like they own the whole place. And then there's this little tiny piece of land that is the size of New Jersey. Imagine the size of New Jersey and they're, and they're killing themselves for this land. So it doesn't make any sense. So what, what Rabbi Ginsburg is teaching us here is that this land, it is indeed superior to any other land of the world. And it's incredible because if you look at it, 
it's a desert it doesn't have oil it's not rich in oil it's not rich in anything it, it blooms because the Jewish people have been able to plant it and, and water it and give love to it and so it's a place that has bloomed but if you look at it in contrast with other places of the world you would think like what is it so special about this piece of land so Allah has states that the mitzvahs were not given for enjoyment we don't do mitzvot because it brings us pleasure we do them because it's Hashem's will this, the, the, the only reason we should do a mitzvah is for, for elevating the name of God this is the, the, the reason we should do mitzvot we shouldn't, we shouldn't do them because it, it gives us pleasure they do give us pleasure they do bring immense pleasure like when you're keeping Shabbat you're rejoicing in Shabbat and you're having pleasure from oneg, pleasure from the day, you, you do receive pleasure from the mitzvah. But the reason why you do it is not to derive this pleasure. You do it because it is Hashem's will. It is Leshem Shaman. You do for Hashem. Actually, He gives you pleasure because you're connecting to Hashem. What is a bigger pleasure than connection to God? There's no bigger pleasure than that. But nonetheless, every mitzvah must be performed with joy. We have to do it joyfully. And the Jewish people were exiled from the Holy Land because you did not serve God, your God, with joy and heart and, and good-heartedly. However, this refers to the spiritual joy, performing a mitzvah for one's physical enjoyment, a mitzvah that is not for its own sake. So we do derive pleasure from doing mitzvot because we're connected to the spiritual part of the mitzvot. And the neshama, the godly soul, rejoices in being connected to its source. But nevertheless, we do it for Hashem. Leshem shamayim, that is the intention we should have within ourselves. So yet, settling the land of Israel is unlike any other mitzvah. It is a mitzvah to settle the land of Israel, but we have to do it joyfully. And so inheriting the land is one of the 613 mitzvot, and it is unique in its requirement to enjoy performing it and to be happy there. Like a Jew has to be happy in Israel. Even if 4,500 rockets are falling on top of their heads, they have to be joyful. And you know what? No wonder that Israel has the per capita, it's one of the happiest countries in the world. People are really happy there. No matter what goes around, terrorism, maybe it's not the most affluent people in Israel, but nevertheless, people live with joy. People are really joyful there. And so this apparent in the first commandment to the first Jew, to Adam, who Hashem said, Go to Abraham, I'm sorry, the first Jew was Abraham, where God said to him, Lech Lecha, go to yourself from your land. So to the land that I will show you, Lech Lecha, go there, leave your father's house, leave all your security, all your, your what you think is your comfort and go to a place I'm going to show you. Imagine who would do this. I tell you, leave your house, like, go with me, I'll take, I'll take you somewhere else, I'll show you where. And so it says here, Rashi explains, go for yourself, for your own pleasure and benefit. And there is a similarity between the beginning of the Torah portion of Lech Lecha, where Hashem is commanding Abraham to go to himself, and the opening verse of, Shel, of Shelach Lecha, send for yourself. So one illustration of the difference between the mitzvah, to inherit the land of Israel and other mitzvot is manifest in the words of Maimonides, where he says, 
He does not enumerate inheriting the land as one of the 613 mitzvot. Nonetheless, his code of laws referred to loving the land and cherishing it. The greatest sages would kiss the borders of the land and Israel and kiss its stones and roll in its dust, as it says, because your servants desire its stones and they favor its dust. It is natural for a Jew to love the Holy Land and enjoy being there. I remember a story of uh, one of the Satmar Rebbes that he used to buy first class ticket to go to the land of Israel, to go to Eretz Israel. He would sit in the first seat in the plane. Why? Because he wanted to be the first one in the plane to touch land. And when he would leave the land of Israel, he would buy the last a seat in the plane, the last one, the last one, the one that's right next to the to the bathrooms, because he wanted to be the last Jew in that plane to leave Israel. This is the kavanah, this is the intention a Jew should have when he comes to the land of Israel and when he leaves the land of Israel. So we see here that to understand the difference between a regular mitzvah and settling the land of Israel is that we can meditate on the difference between mitzvah of servants and Torah study. So when you do a mitzvah, you do l'shem shemaim. The intention is for the sake of heaven. But when you study Torah, you're one with God. The Torah is encompassing you and you're encompassing the Torah. The Torah is the will of Hashem. It's his wisdom is encapsulated in this holy, holy scroll or when you learn it from the Humash. And so one commentary on the Shulhan Aruch states that if Reuben forbade Simon, Shimon to enjoy using his book, Shimon is forbidden to study Torah study Torah from his book. So when you learn Torah, you have to be joyful. There's no bigger joy than learning Torah. When sometimes I have a horrible headache or I'm not feeling well or I'm tired and I do that extra push and I have a class with someone and I sit and we learn Torah and suddenly everything disappears. I don't have a headache anymore. I'm not tired anymore. I'm full of energy. Learning Torah is really, is like the most intimate relationship you can have with Hashem. It's like like kissing each other, like something like that. And it is like that because it's your soul. Your soul is vibrating in the right uh, vibration. It is one with Hashem. So it says here that the point, uh, this point is beautifully explained by Rabbi Abraham Borschnitzstein, who was a great Hasidic rabbi in the, uh, in the mid-1800s and early 1900s. And he said, the principal part of the mitzvah of Torah study is that he should be joyful and happy. If he enjoys the study, the words of the Torah are absorbed into his blood. And since he enjoys Torah study, he clings to the Torah. An individual who studies Torah because of its, of, it is a mitzvah and who takes pleasure in his, in his studies is referred to as study for its own sake. And it is all holy because the pleasure is also a mitzvah. So yes, learning Torah brings immense pleasure. It is compared as settling the land of Israel and the perspective of the inner dimension of the Torah the Torah and the individual who study it as, are, as their one. They become one. The wisdom of the Torah is encompassed by the student's mind and simultaneously the student's mind is encompassed by the wisdom of the Torah. This is a teaching from the Tanya, from the Alter Rebbe, Rabbi Shneur Salman of Yali. So the joy of studying Torah 
is an integral part of the mitzvah. And the same is true concerning the mitzvah of settling the land of Israel. The holy land is a material gift that God gave us to eat from its fruit and to be satisfied with its, its goodness. This is the mitzvah of the land of Israel. If we are not happy there, the land is going to take us out. It's going to... As it says in the Torah, it's going to vomit us if we're not happy living in this place. So the Torah is our life without which we would be like fish out of water. We wouldn't be able to breathe. And the land of Israel is the land of life, is what gives us life, gives us meaning, gives us purpose, gives us a destination that we have to come and, 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 and conquer. So it says here, while performing the, the, a mitzvah, we put aside our personal pleasure and benefit because we're doing it l'shem shemaim. However, when we enter the land of Israel, this does require personal involvement. We have to do our job. We have to do our part. We should cherish and relish the pleasant taste of the land of, of Israel, which is flowing with milk and honey. And here lies the danger of arrogance. This is where we have to be very, very careful. And this is where the, the, the spies lacked. This is what was the, the, the true problem that they had when they came into the land of Israel, which made us uh, go backwards 40 years. And we had to stay in the desert 40 more years till that generation died. And then the new generation of Jews that were born in, in the desert were meritorious to go into the land of Israel. And the, the problem was that they were arrogant. And so so they said, my power and the strength of my hands has made me all this success. When a person feels that he has made himself, he becomes arrogant. And that's how they came into this land. They felt like, let me see if this is good enough for me. Let me see if I, 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 can, I can come and live in this place. And so it says here that they experienced the land as a land that consumes in its inhabitants. They came in. And they felt that the land was consuming its inhabitants. What happened? Hashem made a miracle. He created a plague and people were dying. So when they came in, they were busy burying the dead and they would not be looking at these weird people that came to scout the land. That's why he did it. And instead of they seeing this, instead of seeing, oh, look how Hashem runs the world, they didn't see the Ashkaha Pratis, the divine interference. Instead, they saw, oh, this land devours its inhabitants. It makes them, it, it, it kills them. And then they, they said, and we felt like grasshoppers in comparison to the giants. The people there were huge and they felt like they were tiny. So the problem that they encountered was a problem of self-esteem. Really arrogance, the root of arrogance is lack of self-esteem. That's, that's the real problem. So these spies, they felt that they were not going to be able to do it. They were not going to be able to conquer this land. They forgot that Hashem had their back. They didn't have the right bitachon. They didn't have trust in Hashem. So, so when the ego is unrefined, the pleasure principle stems from the base physical 
nature and we find pleasure in the mundane in whatever gives me pleasure in my body in my taste buds in my clothes in the beauty all these things but in reality when a person his ego is rectified when we're refined when we are selfless and altruistic then these things don't matter anymore it doesn't mean you don't have to look your best you you have to look your best why not for other people for Hashem because you are a representation of God in this world you have to look your best so it's like when you're you're a lawyer and you're gonna go to the court you have to wear your best suit your best tie you're representing your client you're not gonna go in shorts and flip-flops and tattoos all over your your body you're gonna dress and you're gonna look like a like a like a dignified lawyer because you're representing a, a, a client the same way we are representing Hashem in this world where he's looking here we're here to bring holiness to the world so when we're here working for God we have to look our best but this is a holy pursuit this is not a mundane pursuit so the so Rashi says, states that Yeshua and Caleb these two other spies that went in that were uh, leaders of their tribes did not participate in carrying the food because they were afraid that their egos egos would interfere they were very careful to go with a good eye, to see the good of the land. The first thing they did was go to Hebron and pray in the in the cave of Machpelah where the forefathers were are buried, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov. And they prayed and they asked Hashem to please bring, let them see the good of the land, see the good to be able to enjoy what is in this place. And they came out with a good report. But the other spies, they came with a horrible report. And what did they do? They came out and they made people get very scared. This is like the fake news that we have today in the news that we open a newspaper and we're full of lies and it makes people nervous and, and scared and frantic and anxious right and most of it is not even true and 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 this is what they did they came out with this horrible report that there's giants and their fruit are giant they came with a giant fruit that this huge fruit and uh, they were like grasshoppers in their eyes and it's a land that eats its inhabitants and the people started to cry and cry and cry and cry and Hashem said to them if you're crying for no reason I'm gonna give you a reason to cry and this is why we had the destructions of the temple this is why till today we're crying because we haven't rectified this we have to learn to see the good to see the good of the world to see the good only look at the good if you look at the good that's all you're gonna see you're not going to be, and it's not, it doesn't mean you have to live in denial. It means look at the good. The, 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 the glass can be half empty or half full. You decide how it looks. So train yourself to look at the glass as half full. So Rabbi Menachem Mendel uh, Schneerson, the Lubavitcher Rebbe, explained that the origin of the sin of the spies was that they did not concede to Moses' opinion. And uh, Moses was a very, the most humblest man in the world. There has never been someone so humble as him. He was the humblest of all mankind. And as we read in, previous, in the previous parasha, he lived in total self-effacement to God. Had the ten spies like Yeshua and Caleb selflessly yielded 
to Moses and to, the, and to Hashem to go into the land and bring a good report. See the good of the land. That was the whole purpose for them to come happy. We enjoyed it. We had never tasted such sweet fruit. We had never seen such a beautiful place. This is what they had to come so they would infuse the people with joy before they entered the land and pleasure. And so he said, have, had they yielded to, to Moshe and God, they would have sensed pleasure and immense joy. To be able to have joy in life and pleasure, and I mean pleasure is, is the pleasure of being connected to Hashem, the, the real pleasure, you have to be able to, to want to connect to that. You have to be able to see it. But if you're only complaining about what's wrong and you're not seeing what is right, then you will never be able to connect to the real pleasure. You will never be able to experience true pleasure. So, so it says here, today the sin of the spies remains unrectified to inherit the land of Israel. And, and I think it's such a point, this parasha, with all that has been going on in Israel in the past weeks. To be able to inherit the land of Israel, we must employ both qualities, self-effacement, before Moses of our generation and rejoicing in the precious land that, that is good and wide. And in this way, we may eat of its fruit and be satisfied with its goodness. And to conclude, I want to quote from the Sefer Haredim that it says, every Jewish individual should cherish the land of Israel. He should come to it from the ends of the world with great desire like a child who runs to his mother's embrace. And even those who are close or distant, who live outside the land of Israel, should yearn for it and desire it. We should yearn for it. Yearn for it. We should be dreaming about going there. Because just as he chose them, the Jewish people, so he chose the land of Israel and set it aside for them. And they're only referred to as one nation when they reside. So we're one nation when we're able to come to the land of Israel. Meanwhile, we're all dispersed. We're in Galut. We're trying to get there. This is what we should be concentrated on. On How am I going to get there? This is the ultimate destination. Should it be soon in our days with Mashiach? And I want to wish you a blessed week. And remember, live a little higher. Thank you. Thank you.